0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic movie review podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our handle is CriticsPod. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers, and then check us out on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and click on the little bell up in the right hand corner i know they always point to it when you watch youtube videos i don't know where it's at because i don't watch youtube (laughs) videos uh i should have my son come and help me with this someday (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh
0: but if you subscribe there you'll and get the notification you'll be able to see us live which is usually monday nights and probably in the summer fall be back to sunday mornings or depending on if sean's schedule changes uh but yeah, that's where you can see us and listen to us. And then there's patreon.com slash critics pod. The best way to help support the podcast. Uh, we're probably going to have more variety on that channel. Uh, more than just movies. Uh, yeah. One, it'll be easier for me if I'm being completely honest. My work schedule has been a bit of a bitch. And <laughs> I'm... I'm fully vaccinated now, and I don't know when I'm going to get back to the theater. It's like it's going to have to be a big event. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. Even hanging out with people is, I mean, we haven't seen each other. Well, we've seen each other once in person since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So my wife punctured your new sofa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, by the way. It's fine. <laughs> uh but, yeah, otherwise, it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be weird going back on. Like, I haven't hugged anybody besides my wife. I'm worried that I'll, like, accidentally tuck somebody else's ass next time I hug them or something.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the go-to when you hug the wife is getting right to the ass.
0: <laughs> Not every time, but enough times. And I just, I don't want to get slapped. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and canceled. Yeah. speak
0: i mean this is totally unrelated and uh i was at a concert once and i'm just watching the show and all of a sudden i look down and out of my peripheral vision i see this hand come up by my side and it reaches up and grabs the girl's ass in front of me she turns around and looks at me and i'm like i swear to god i did not do that luckily her friend was behind me
1: oh god and he, he jumped up and was
0: like it was me it was me but it was one of the most terrifying. I mean, there's no horror movie that could capture the (laughs) level of fear I felt in that moment.
1: Maybe a curb your enthusiasm episode. Other than that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's really, it would have to be a
0: George Costanza, Larry David type thing in order to, yeah, Uh, it was so weird. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's get to our show. Uh, we got, a handful of new movies and uh how do i share a screen i always have to remember how to do this we'll lead with the instant netflix classic thunder force
1: fuck you <laughs> thunder force melissa mccarthy and octavia spencer star in a movie set in a universe where uh something occurred that led to certain people developing superpowers. These certain people happened to be sociopaths who then tended to go on criminal um, lives of crime. They called them miscreants in this universe. And uh, they're responsible for killing Octavia Spencer's character's parents um, when she was very young, even before she'd met Melissa McCarthy's character. Uh, They meet, they become friends, but then they fall apart because uh, Octavia Spencer is just spending all her time studying, trying to figure out how to beat the miscreants, how to create superpowers and regular people so that they can fight back. And uh, years later, of course, she accomplishes this and Melissa McCarthy shows up. She's a kind of a schlubby loser. Uh, and she gets in the way of the experiment and becomes you know, her gets becomes superpowered and Octavia Spencer becomes superpowered and they start fighting back and man, I didn't fucking care at all. Um, I I I've tried very hard with Ben Falcone as a director. Very, very hard. I liked Life of the party. That's how much I've tried with ben, McCarthy, or with ben Falcone, who was Mr. McCarthy's husband. But each time, he gets worse as a director. He's not improving. He's getting worse. And it's because it seems like he's learning all of the wrong lessons each time out. He's learning all the wrong lessons about, let's just rely on the same jokes over and over again, delivered in the exact same way with, with no variation. He's doing... Uh, a, a variation on, on the kind of humor that we've seen Melissa McCarthy do so much that even I, a Melissa McCarthy superfan, have re- finally grown tired of it to the point where I just want to strangle him and say, just let her do something else, man. You're her husband, but uh, and she wants to help your career, but you're dragging her down to your level she's not raising you up to to hers he's not improving he's getting all the wrong lessons he's just going for the cheapest easiest stuff constantly and it's the same type of joke all over and over and over again this this cringe joke where somebody says something nobody laughs and we're supposed to laugh because it's cringy but we're also kind of like Okay, how long is this going to go on? And then she just stands there for a second and then it tries to explain that this is the actual thing that I was saying, but it's, it's still worse because it's getting funnier, right? Because the longer I I linger on the subject and the cringier it gets, the funnier it gets, right? Good fucking God. Maybe in 2010, yes, that was still working. That was a, still a working joke. It's not a working joke anymore. Move on, find a new one. Doesn't work. Um, Octavia Spencer... She's fine. She's pretty boring in this Uh, movies have found a way to take what spirit she's had in films in the past. And in the past three years, just kind of suck that right out of her because she's lost any kind of personality anymore. It would seem. And, and that's really what thunder force is.
0: (laughs) It reminds me of you do this on occasion. And I saw uncle Jeff do it uh, as well as a critic on his blog Uh, (laughs) where Where you'll be like, if you've never seen a movie, you might like this one. (laughs) It's like, there's like a dig. He, it was, his was like really rude too. It was like, Gone Baby Gone. He's like, well, if you like Law and Order, you might like this movie. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Wow. Don't lower Gone Baby Gone to Law and Order. Love that movie. I know. But it, but it's still, I, have always enjoyed when that is, that little dig is used. And this is how this movie works. Uh, You gotta be a. I mean, we're jaded. You are more so probably than me, uh, because you see you see way too many movies. Yeah, and like to me, this isn't worth hating, you know, (laughs) because it's Mm -hmm. not. uh, I I get what they're doing. It's weird that it's Ben code every time. You know, at least (laughs) Adam Sandler is like Stephen Brill and a couple other guys. It's not the same ones every time. I mean, it's a collection of the same ones, I suppose. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's weird. Like you get the good Melissa McCarthy movie, then the one he does, (laughs) which
1: is (laughs) it's starting to get uh, that way. It really is.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, and she's good at the stuff. But like you said, it's it's the same thing she's been doing for ten years. Mm -hmm. That having seen it every year, multiple times a year, it's not. It's less funny for me. So what I'm, what I, where it gets me is. The references to like Van Halen and Slayer, and uh, the the stupid song at the end, which is goofy and fun, but it's like a super group of like members of Anthrax and Slipknot and Hailstorm and Slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's those little things that get me in enough to not care. Uh, I never, yeah. I, I don't laugh. I mean, I, I hate saying it's not funny because it's not, I don't think that's a that's fair criticism. It's just, I've heard the joke enough times that it's not funny for me anymore. Mm-hmm. uh clearly they're having a good time uh not good enough that it translates to to probably you or i who are more jaded at these kind of movies uh every now and then something that's bad can be so bad that it's like there's laugh at it bad but then there's the fun that the director and the cast and everybody are having actually tr- comes through the screen and you start to you're in on it too and it's sometimes that works that's not the case here no uh i mean it's a fine netflix movie for that type of audience who's gonna like it uh but it's not worth it, it, it i don't know it, it's and it's another one of those things someone like uh with octavia spencer reminds me of like hillary Swang, when she gets a little bit of success <laughs> then the movie you know you gotta do you try to be successful with the the critical success, trying to blend the two. Ben Affleck had that problem uh, where you just, you know, do you chase the box office or do you chase the critical acclaim? Uh, and yeah, she's had a kind of a bad luck critically. I don't know about the box office. It's hard to judge last year or so, but.
1: Yeah. I just what what worked about this? What anything worked about this? I mean, the the they kept going back to this one joke about raw chicken about how Melissa McCarthy's character craves raw chicken and just so happens that the love interest character who has crab arms played by Jason Bateman also loves raw chicken so we're going to do that joke again about the eating raw chicken and I'm going to feed you raw chicken and you feed me raw chicken and it's really weird and awkward and nobody's laughing and why is no why does why don't they st- see how they've done this so many times why why can I see it in watching their movies and seeing the same jokes over all over the same time and they don't see it
0: probably because they have yes people around them <laughs> probably uh, and I mean I can definitely tell you that if I'd watched it alone versus with my family I'd have liked it way less I still don't like it don't get me wrong it's not a good movie it, it's <laughs> uh, you know again it's the refer- what works for me, like I said, is the Slayer and Van Halen references, <laughs> uh, which are not even integral to the part or, or the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the cringe humor though when you have the audience around y'all reacting, and I mean, for the most part, you know if it's a theater, it's probably going to annoy me more that they're laughing at it than the the,
1: the raw chicken joke. It, it becomes. <laughs> It's gross. The thing about it is, is that well, it's gross, right? It's gross the first time. Then every other time you're wondering to yourself, well, how did they do that? What did they do to create raw chicken that she could actually consume safely? And what was it? And, and while you're thinking about that, there's a movie going on. And this is what you've done to your audience. You've left them going. I wonder what they did. What did they make the raw chicken out of to make it so she could actually eat it? Because obviously you can't eat raw chicken safely as a human being and not get sick. I think we're all aware of that. <laughs> so, so I'm, while I'm sitting here doing the mechanics, there's still a movie going on, and I should—that should not be my experience of your movie—is me wondering, I wonder how they did the raw chicken thing.
0: I definitely had that thought. <laughs> like, what did she have to put in her mouth? <laughs> right. I hope it tasted good. <laughs> But I think that a lot whenever something goes in somebody's mouth, especially vomit stuff. Because <clears throat> <laughs> uh, I've done the fake blood thing before. That's essentially just chocolate syrup. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but tastes okay. Uh, but we spent a lot of time on this <laughs> movie that <clears throat> I probably won't talk about ever it's again. It's
1: gonna it'll it, it's gonna be fighting to avoid the the ten worst of the year this year. Really. Oh yeah!
0: See, to me, it's too for it's too non important to be on any. Bo- it's like Nickelback. Like, who cares? But that's they just... picked
1: the wrong week to give me a miserable movie. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, Nickelback didn't release an album. <clears throat> All right, what else do we got here? Uh, the tunnel.
1: Uh, the tunnel stars uh, Torbjorn Har uh, as a. Uh, a fireman who, uh, first first responder, I guess, in Norway. Uh, Norway, of course, is well above sea level. They've got these gigantic mountain ranges, and in order to get around the country, they had to cut these amazing, like three to five mile tunnels into these uh, into these mountains. So they're they're very difficult to build. They're very difficult to maintain, and they can be kind of scary to get through a five mile tunnel under. Mountains that are, that are shifting via avalanches. You've got storms all the time. You get you know, very harsh winters in Norway. And so uh, what you have here then is this story about this one tunnel that uh, is one of the last tunnels before, before Christmas that hasn't been closed by this uh, storm that's coming in. And the, it's kind of a controversial I'd, I'd notion that they've decided to keep this one open for one last run of cars to get through. And uh, not nobody, nobody's like going, Oh, you're going to kill people if you don't shut it. But like, they're like, are you sure you want to do all right? Okay. Yeah. We'll do one more run. Let people through. Well, unfortunately one of the first cars through is a gas truck and the gas truck has this accident that uh, is kind of unpredictable where something happens and it just causes him to swerve and he loses control and he hits the wall and starts blocking traffic. But worse yet, there's gas dripping out of the truck and a giant explosion about to take place, which is going to fill the tunnel with black smoke. And there's n- the, the way to filter it is not going to work very quickly. Uh, so basically, you're looking at a lot of people trapped three to five miles inside of a tunnel with bl- covered in black smoke and trying to figure out you know how to get out of here without being able to see and barely being able to breathe. Uh, throw into that the fact that he, that uh, Harris character he. Had a fight with his daughter that day And she's decided to hop a bus To uh, grandma's house On the opposite side of the mountain And he doesn't know that So she's now trapped in in the tunnel as well And now he wants to Really get in there and save her As well as trying to save as many people as possible While at the same time There's just not enough equipment His side is not necessarily the side that's supposed to handle this The other side has more of the fire equipment That can do this But they're blocked in by an avalanche that they're trying to clear, so they've got to get there from their way. But after they clear the avalanche, so there's a lot of stuff at play here, and there's a lot of really clever stuff that they do in this movie, talking about uh, the various ways that you can try to keep air circulating in a car, the various different ways you can try to, you know, cover your face and make them run for it, uh, trying to drive through black smoke. Uh, Or there's a little access tunnel in there where the workers go in the middle of the tunnel that you can maybe hide in for a while, but that's going to fill with black smoke eventually. Lots of really clever things happening here. This is a really smart movie, a very tense movie. And I think part of the reason I I find it so thrilling is that I know I would not survive this movie. (laughs) (laughs) With my asthma, I got about five seconds of stepping out of whatever vehicle I'm in and done. So that kind of added a little something for me on this, but I really enjoyed this movie.
0: Why wasn't Daylight our classic?
1: (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) So I'm never watching Daylight again.
0: (laughs) Another movie I defended really hard growing up. Uh, This sounds phenomenal. I I mean, it seems like one of those super intense movies like Speed or even like Phone phone Booth or something where it's just kind of contained to a i don't know it sounds really neat i did not get a chance to see it where is it available right now
1: it's available everywhere it's, to rent. it's available anywhere where you can uh, get a streaming rental so yeah i would i i recommend it if you like a good action movie that's got some strong you know melodramatic underpinnings this is a really good one
0: how d- was the camera work with black smoke everywhere <laughs>
1: Uh, it was pretty great. Really? <laughs> it was pretty great. They really made you feel the, like I kind of felt like I was having trouble breathing watching it. So that's how much they really will. That's how really well they captured that.
0: Could you see anything?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's a movie. They they made sure you can see everything. I'm just
0: kidding. It'd be great, though, if you're like the 4D movies. They like just shoot <laughs> black smoke into the theater.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <no. laughs> Kill half that's the horrible audience.
0: idea. All right. Uh, let's see. Hollow Point.
1: Hollow Point uh, stars a, a guy who's not on the poster. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, directed by uh, Daniel uh, Zarelli and starring uh, uh He's a ethics professor who uh, we meet him when he's teaching ethics. And he's uh, about to meet up with his wife and daughter who are then Uh, They get lost in another neighborhood in Los Angeles and they end up getting killed by a a drug dealer played by Jay Moore who just executes them because they happen to witness a drug deal slash murder. Uh, Delanger tries to go after him himself, but fails ends up going to jail. He meets up with uh, Luke Goss who starts uh, teaching him how to defend himself. And uh, from there, Goss introduces him to Michael Paré and, uh, and, uh, Juju Chan, who uh, each operate this group uh, that's kind of police but not police, where they they go for vengeance and try and work outside the law to kill uh, drug dealers. This isn't a great movie, but uh, in terms of you know, just being a like a throwback action movie, an R-rated action movie. If you loved the John Claude Van Damme stuff or you like the Steven Seagal movie we're going to talk about ninety uh, one, this is that movie. I mean, the Luke Goss is essentially playing Steven Seagal. Seagal would play this character. This is like a re- rejected Seagal script, but it's actually improved by not having Seagal in it because Luke Goss is actually kind of good. <laughs> he's actually kind of invested, and he's in shape and young enough that you buy what he's doing <laughs> in the movie. So that kind of sells a little more. And Delange is you know not a typical leading man. He doesn't have typical leading man stuff, but what he has is kind of a passionate sort of determination and kind of an innate, uh, handsome career.
0: Sean is paused. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, Delon J. There. Is he back?
1: What just happened?
0: Yeah, you disappeared there for a little bit. I didn't
1: touch anything. (laughs) Oh, I think
0: there was a freezing at some point on some level. So Delon J is... Yeah, it was great. Like the, the charismatic lead who's not on the poster.
1: <laughs> Actually, he is. He is. Oh yeah. Which one is he? He's the one next to Juju, Cha- Juju Chan.
0: Which one's Juju Chan?
1: <laughs> She's the one next to Luke Goss
0: Where's Jay Moore? He's the only one I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't recognize Michael Pare? Come I'm, on.
0: I don't even know. I'm sure I've heard the name before you got. i'm not josh i don't know every character actor that ever worked
1: <laughs> <laughs> bottom line is it's not a great movie but like as a throwback for action fans this is a this is a movie that you can throw on a netflix on a saturday night and you know you're not going to have to think too much you're just going to watch some guys shoot each other and beat each other up and and do it well and you know at the very least they They're not uh, reinventing the wheel. They're doing what's been done before. They're just doing it a little bit better with a little bit uh, more talent. (laughs) Held. Held. Uh, I'm going to spoil the crap out of this movie. I hate it so much. Held. (laughs) I don't do that, but this movie pissed me off. Uh, I'm kidding. Held is not a great movie. This is a story of a woman who, uh, uh, when we meet her, she is the subject of essentially what we believe to be a gang rape, which is a pretty horrible way to begin, and it sets you up with this character who's you know not somebody who's in a great mental state throughout. So you know she's she's got troubles in her past. We cut to like twenty years in the future. She's married now. I, she's a writer. She's uh, going out to this uh, house in, uh, I'm not sure where exactly it is, but it's in the middle of nowhere uh, where she and her husband are going to spend the weekend together just by themselves to celebrate their ninth anniversary. Uh, He arrives, uh, they're settling in, and then they find that they're being held captive by the house. There's somebody inside the house who has used the future tech of the house to take them prisoner and he's going to teach them how to obey uh, and be a proper husband and wife because this bad guy knows everything about them. He's learned everything about their lives. He's learned about the fact that she's been cheating on him uh, and, and he knows all of his secrets and threatens to, and he's using those secrets to kind of push them together and try and make them stay married, which is kind of an odd thing, right? That's weird. Well, no, it's not. It's very obvious what's happening here. The husband's behind it all. Uh, it was very they don't they don't do very well to hide that um, nothing they don't do anything very well in this movie though to be clear uh, this movie is such garbage uh, it's I I'm trying not to be I'm, I'm I've already said too many mean things um, <laughs> the bottom line is here the, so the notion what we're getting at here is that the husband did this this is all a setup by a Secret cabal of men, powerful men who've created this uh, training for women. So women get out of line, their wives get out of line, so they take them to this house. This guy tortures them for the weekend into being the perfect husband and wife because that's the way that patriarchy is supposed to be. The wife is subjugated to the husband. He's in charge. He does everything. She listens and is is an obedient, and this will teach her how to be obedient by being held in this place. And, of course, he's the one who orchestrated this because he knows his wife has been cheating on him, and he wants to teach her to be obedient. Um, The best thing about this movie is her dress, like main character's dress, Has pockets, which is, uh, if you don't know this, Bob, women (laughs) have been asking for years why dresses don't have pockets. And it is a strange thing. Like, why don't dresses have pockets? Why shouldn't a woman have pockets? Well, this movie, the dress has pockets. And she uses that pocket to hide a weapon that she uses to kill a guy and get out of this situation. So good for her. That's the best thing about this otherwise utterly stupid movie.
0: But that seems a little too convenient, too. What? Her dress has pockets? Just so, just so the plot can move forward. <laughs> I mean, my wife hates pockets. Uh, she hates carrying shit. So that means I have to do it. So maybe I need to find some men to get her to be obedient.
1: Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, she you does know what? hate pockets, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Eli Roth could have made a good version of this, he really could have.
0: Like a good version of this, or
1: an Eli Roth version of this, okay. one that at least would be memorably, memorably shitty, as opposed to just being shitty.
0: Yeah, at first I was like, "Did they walk around a mall and find out all their secrets about each other?" Like Woody <laughs> Allen and
1: <laughs> But Midler did. Oh, if they could transpose those characters into this movie, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: sounds terrible. <laughs> it's
1: really bad. It's so heavy-handed and so obvious. And I, like, I get you know the whole smash the patriarchy thing. I get you know the 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 at- intended uh, critique of masculinity. Like, I understand what they're what they're going for and how you know how insecure these men are that they they feel the need to torture women into obeying them. I get it, and it, that's certainly. Uh, a, a realistic extrapolation of of the of the patriarchal view of society and that fifties point of view of society. I get it, but this is so heavy handed and so poorly uh, paced and put together that that it, that you overrode your point. You, you you destroyed your entire point by making it too stupid.
0: Yeah, it would have almost been better if it was made when that was even a bigger problem, like like you said in the fifties. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not a problem now, but if it was like as bad as it was back then i I think that is a better chance of pulling something like that off than uh something it's, it, it's really
1: know. it's also it's like pandering it's really pandering right. like women you're you're always so much smarter than us you know ladies am I right ladies you're always so much smarter than us which right. may be true in many cases but I mean to just put it that way like you're a comedian on stage looking for you know it's not it's not a good point you've not made a good point you've not you've not actually done anything
0: might (laughs) might as well make a tim (laughs) allen comedy on tv (laughs) where the guy is just dumb the whole time (laughs) (laughs) which is odd because that's the audience that this movie needs to (laughs) reach but they don't know it all right Giants are going
1: to be like watching this movie on the wrong side. One. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would definitely happen. <clears throat> uh, uh, giants being lonely.
1: Giants being lonely is an incredible film by a director by the name of Greer Patterson. And this is a, this is a story about a, uh, <clears throat> a Southern, a baseball team, in uh, North Carolina, um, the there's one kid who's just really a really great baseball player. He's a really terrific pitcher and the, the beloved in the town, but he's, you know, kind of himself. He's just he's not interested in the trappings of being popular. He's just he's very much himself and he's just busy pining for this girl and spending his time, you know, being kinda near or adjacent to where she is. And you know, he's just kind of floating through life. And you're just kind of mesmerized by the way he that his story is unfolding and you're just kind of carrying along meanwhile there's this other kid on the team who is the coach's son and he's just going through hell on a daily basis his father is this tyrant who is seemingly unspokenly upset that his son isn't the best player on the team that his son isn't this guy this really great player he's just kind of average and he can't accept that so there's a, a lot of tension there the father is very bullying he's very domineering you can see that he's probably the same way towards his wife we get a lot of that tension between the, the coach and his wife and his son uh, during these very tense uh, dinner scenes where you can sense that the father is perhaps incredibly abusive even though we're not necessarily seeing that abuse enacted um, The he, he's a really just a really awful guy and so you've got these two-track stories, and what you're thinking throughout is that these two-track stories are going to collide into something. And eventually they kind of do, but where this movie goes is so much more interesting and so much more uh, fascinating the way they do it, because nothing is presented to you through exposition. There's no exposition dialogue. There's no dumping of exposition. There's no telling you what anybody is thinking. There's no unnecessary information communicated. You know, There's no <laughs> you know you and i know each other and i don't i don't say to you well bob your job as a an accountant how is how is it being an accountant today <laughs> like to tell the audience i right. need to tell the audience that bob is an accountant so how do i do that by asking about accounting right like nobody nobody talks like that <laughs> and giants being lonely is a movie that kind of recognizes that that uh you don't have to have endless amounts of dialogue to communicate what people are thinking and feeling. And we just get to watch it play out and it's sweaty and it's weird. And it's sexual. Like uh, the, the, the main character the really great player. He's somebody who kind of expresses himself via sexuality and, and, uh, and kind of searching for something that meaning means something to him via sexuality. And he gets involved in a very, um, dangerous affair, if you will, uh, that nobody really talks about. And there's no real presentation of it as being dangerous. But but you can sense this is a really bad idea, what he's doing and what she's doing is a very bad idea. We all know it, but they're doing it because they kind of need something to do. They're kind of bored and it's hot and there's not much else to do in this town. You can go roller skating or you can fuck. Those are the options. (laughs) Pick one. You can walk around all night, whatever, you you know, it's just such a wonderfully, beautifully detailed version of, of of a real life and two real lives that are happening and coming together. And then that ending arrives and you're just, I was left. I could not believe that the movie went to where it went to just in a visual sense because I could sense where the where the idea was heading. I could sense what the what the thing was going to be. But, you know, in another movie, you're looking for the ways in which the the good character, you know, the the gallant to goofus, you're looking for when they're going to come together and smash into each other. And that's going to be the big confrontation there's no big confrontation between them. They, they have interactions and there's uh, there are elements. There's a wonderful, there's this brilliant sequence where he doses it, where the, the kid, the, the coach's son doses the great player, and the great player goes out and throws the best game of his life <laughs> on the mound. And that is such a great scene. It is played brilliantly. I've never seen anybody communicate what it's like to be completely stoned on your mind and still be able to still be so physically capable. It is so amazing. It reminded, I was thinking, was it uh, the the legendary Boston uh, Red Sox story? Was it Louis Tiant?
0: I know you're talking can't about. Uh,
1: I can't remember the picture, but the, the, the story goes that he went on, he was on LSD and he thro- went out and threw uh, a no hitter. I think it was.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that before.
1: Hey, it, that's, that's kind of they play that scene out here in a sim, in a similar fashion, but he doesn't know that he's been dosed, and it's a really it's a very interesting scene. And they really the whole way that se- that sequence plays out is fantastic. Uh, that and I just I, I I love this movie so much. This is my favorite thing I've seen in a very long time. Even I mean I love H's for Happiness. It's always going to be my number one or top top. Two. And I love uh, I blame society. This year is another one that is really. Uh, been my favorite so far this year, but this movie moved me in a way that I was so not expecting. And then that gut punch at the end, that visual just blows your fucking mind. And I blew mine and I just couldn't, I was like, wow, (laughs) great choice. This a fucking phenomenal choice to end that way. It's it's, this movie is superb. Everybody needs to see this.
0: Yeah, you told me not to read anything about it before I went and saw it. <laughs> then you proceeded to call it, like, the male version of Virgin Suicides. <laughs> so Or so you some critic had said that or something along lines. Yeah. So immediately I have an idea where it's going. <laughs> that said, you know, I don't know. I, you know, right. like you said, there's two characters that appear to be like they're going to crash. And there's part of me that that's frustrated that they don't. And that I'm being distracted by one, you know, waiting for it. Uh, On the other hand, you know, and then when you go to that big reveal, I'm thinking something else happened based on what you what you said it was like uh, the the virgin suicides, and it's not what something else besides what I was thinking happened. I mean, I was expecting a gut punch either way. It was just like a different side of the gut got punched, (laughs) Uh, and then you throw the visual on top of it. The visual was. Uh, just I, I don't even know what the word is uh, i don't want to say horrifying but maybe that i mean it's just it's like whoa
1: <laughs> it takes your breath away it takes your breath away when you see it
0: yeah it's like one of those if you try to describe it you would have it's like you would keep it, building it up a little bit more like well this happened yeah. there was that too and then it, so it's just like there's a little bit more and more and more to it the more you think about it and then i as i got away from it i started to enjoy the fact that it bugged me that uh i was distracted by the two stories not colliding that made it more fun uh, and then you start thinking of other movies that it's like it's you know you th- Richard Linklater could have made the, you know a lot of the way they talk is very much a dazed and confused or uh everybody wants some type of movie uh yeah. where they talk like human beings and not <laughs> like people in a movie uh <laughs> Last Picture Show, you know, there's a little bit of that in here too. Then you yeah, throw in the Virgin Suicides, absolutely. and I'm sure you could even go deeper than that. Uh, that's just off the cuff, uh, and it definitely deserves to be talked in the same breath as all of those. Uh, I don't know this director, but I, I would, I, I think they are going to be around for a while if they keep doing movies like this. Uh, I mean, it definitely it reminds me of Linklater a lot. And yeah, I, could see, I could see, that. <clears throat> and I think that's. I mean, and like the good link letter, not the which I don't not. The, I don't want to call him bad. It's just like he goes and does the studio thing. Yeah, and those are fine, but this is definitely one of his. You know, is something like I said. Days confuse everybody. Wants some something like that. Uh, it, it's you know, I watching the trailer. I thought it was just going to be a movie about toxic masculinity, and that's in it, but it's not what it's yeah. about. Uh, it's no. just. <laughs> It's a slice of life, you know, and with a with a gut punch ending. Uh, I don't even know it what is, to say.
1: It's just it. It's such a it's a special movie to me. Like it's a it's uh, it's just so smart and and so incredibly well made. I I and the acting is just so subtle. Everything about it is just incredibly incredibly subtle and I, I just adore the, the the that that you have so much subtlety and you have so much that they're that they're holding back really and then then they let loose and that one it's one frame it's like it's it's there long enough for you to register what you're looking at and and it's gone but wow while it's there just man what a bold what a bold yeah. goddamn choice uh, just the, the the absolute complete bold choice to make in that moment.
0: Yeah, that's you're right. It, that is definitely the picture's worth a thousand words. Kind of a more so than any other movie because uh, you could watch everything up until that point, and then if you had to describe it, you couldn't do it. Just I don't know. It would just be so hard to. I, it really was impressive, and then and it starts off. It's one of those movies where you're, early on you're kind of like, well, "What am I watching? What's going on?" Which one is this? Which long haired kid is this?
1: Right. I definitely yeah.
0: was confusing them early on. And then eventually they start to get established as who they are uh, pretty early on. But you still, there's just a lot of figuring out what you're watching. And then, and it starts to take shape. And then, I don't know. It's definitely a really, really neat movie. Uh, I would and, like uh, everybody to like a movie like this. I don't think it's for yeah. everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Got to got to shout out the soundtrack. Uh, the choice of Lou Reed is just fucking brilliant. I mean, uh, Coney Island Baby plays over the end credits, and it's just uh, that's he's talking about playing for the coach in the song, which could be could be very on the nose. But the way that Lou Reed is doing it, it's as if Lou Reed were one of these characters, and that is such a such a, a spectacular way uh, to, to, to present this and the way it's presented is just, it's so beautiful. Um, I just, I can't get over how much I, I'm trying to find uh, a quote that I wanted to share because there's, a the title, <clears throat> I wanted to explain the title. Carl uh, Sandburg, uh, is a legendary poet who, uh, can't ha- who, 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 this title comes from him. Uh, the title is, uh, from a poem, uh, it's basically sometimes old men sit near sitting near the exits of life. Say there were giants in those days. They wanted stones to sit on stones to throw at each other. Great stones for companions, for loneliness, all giants being lonely. And that is the, the quote, but uh, yet another uh, rather incredible quote that actually works uh, with this movie as well, which is uh it's from the, I believe it's from the same poem. Uh, the worst feeling isn't being lonely, but being forgotten by someone you can't forget. Which is what's, you know, that's the fear that one of our characters is carrying because he's pining for that girl who's been, you know, once his girlfriend and now isn't, that he would like to have back. But also for the, for the son, for the father, it, the, it applies so, to so many different characters in this movie because you've got People living through other people. And it just, wow. What, a, what an amazing movie. And it just gets better the further you get away from it.
0: Yeah. And the more you talk about it, too, because it's like the more interesting character, the, what you would think would be the more interesting character, it, it is, you know, the guy, the, the other one. <laughs> and uh, it just, I, I don't know. It's cool how they. I, I, I don't want to say too much because I I do think there is something to getting to that end.
1: Yeah. I don't want to spoil what it is. You're building it up in your head. You're right. You're still not going to be prepared for it.
0: It's going to come at you in a different way. even if you get some of it, right, you're still going to miss other parts. I mean, it's a very layered thing. I don't know. There's just a lot that happens there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely worth seeing. And it's, it's someone that you talk about and it gets better as you talk about it. And that's kind of what's been missing lately from <laughs> this will
1: be, be, be around at the end of this year for sure. For, for me, for
0: sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anything else on giants being lonely? It is available to rent right now.
1: I'm begging you to watch this. I'm looking through, the I'm looking through the camera right now at the audience on YouTube and, uh, to the microphone for you folks listening, just see this movie see
0: it after we see thunder force
1: (laughs) (laughs) please don't watch thunder force
0: i know one's free and one's not but it's worth the money (laughs) and it's not free you're paying for the monthly whatever Uh, yeah it definitely is a fantastic movie uh it's just unique and worth watching Mm mm-hmm uh, All right, let's move on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event for the linear, legitimate, and universally recognized, undisputed yeah. classic. We've talked about a lot of baseball movies, and I've always been trying to find a way to make this the Because I've never seen it. I've always wanted a reason to see it because it's Robert De Niro, and it's a baseball movie. But at the same time, when you look at the best baseball movies of all time, this is rarely ever mentioned in that list. For good uh, reason. <laughs> uh, bang the drum slowly.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're looking at uh, in the in the YouTube. We've got a picture up here of the uh, DVD cover. And that DVD cover is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Robert De Niro is not the star of this movie. Nope. Michael Moriarty is the star of this movie. Milk toast, supremely boring Michael Moriarty of uh, Law & Order fame is the star of this movie, not not Robert De Niro. Thank God, because had Robert De Niro been in any more of this movie than he is in, he would have destroyed his entire career because it's the worst goddamn performance of the entirety of Robert De Niro's career. And I include right, Righteous Kill in that. I include Righteous Kill uh, and Bad Grandpa. <laughs> this is this is awful. The first thing you see uh, of of De Niro's character is some of the worst acting ever. It's so bad. Uh it reminded me again, I've mentioned it, I think I mentioned it just last week. I talk about it a lot, about uh, Nathan Raven's fantastic quote about it's not it's not acting, it's the most acting. That's what gets noticed, is the most acting. And by volume, there is so much acting going on. De Niro might as well just grab you by the shoulders and say, hey, look how dumb my character is. He's a really dumb guy, you see. That's why I talk like this, because I'm super dumb. I'm also from the South, but I sound like I'm from the Bronx. I don't know. <laughs> I hate this movie. I hated it so much. And I know you're going to tell me that I'm overreacting, but I, I just was miserable watching this movie. It, the, the story goes that this kid, the, the character played by De Niro is uh, not a very good catcher who's about to lose his job for the New York Yankees. Buddy's also dying of Hodgkin's lymphoma. And his buddy, Michael Moriarty, is the best pitcher on the Yankees, and it is part of his contract negotiations. He gets them to keep De Niro, but he's trying not to tell anybody that De Niro's character is dying. So he's coming up with all these various different things. Meanwhile, Vincent Gardena plays the Yankees' manager, who is just fucking Columbo for some fucking reason, just wants to know, why were you in Minnesota? What were you doing in Georgia? Why are you back in New York now? We're in Florida. What's going on? I'm going to hire a private detective. Why? What does it matter? Why do you care? Why does it matter in any possible way? They never establish any good reason why it matters that Vincent Gardinian needs to know where they were during the off season. It means nothing, (laughs) nothing. In the end, even trying to keep it a secret is stupid. He gives up the secret and that's what unites the Yankees. Oh, I'm sorry. Not the Yankees. What are they? The fucking Mastodons? Whatever the fuck they are. The Mammoths. Why? They're playing in Yankee Stadium. They're wearing Yankees colors. They're wearing the stripes. They've got the approval of Major League Baseball and they still don't use the, the Yankee name. <laughs> Why? So stupid. I hate this movie, Bob. I hate it.
0: <laughs> in fairness, we would never have watched this movie if De Niro <laughs> wasn't in it. Uh that is the only reason that this even gets mentioned ever on a list mm-hmm. of basic movies. This came out yep. before Main Streets, before Godfather Two, before Taxi Driver. This is very, <laughs> very early De Niro. Uh I didn't I mean, I watched it on my phone while I was doing other things, so I, I didn't pick up on the overacting as much. I mean, I definitely noticed he was playing a dumb guy because he, he let me know. Uh,
1: he let you know. but He I, tapped you on the shoulder a couple of guys. See how stupid I am? Look how stupid my character is. I'm really dumb.
0: But I was able to be distracted enough from it to not have it uh, to beat me over the head with it. Uh more than any, I mean, it's just like when anybody becomes famous, all of a sudden Walmart, at least back when we were younger, Walmart would have all their back catalog would pop up on the shelves. I and remember,
1: suddenly, suddenly they're on the DVD cover, even though they're not the star of right. the movie.
0: Like I remember when Friends came out, like everything Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston, Leprechaun 3 or whatever.
1: Suddenly, yeah, she's at the front of the DVD cover. Yeah,
0: all of them have just all their old movies pop up as if they were huge hits. Uh, Why
1: does anyone like this? Like I'm trying to I'm desperately trying to understand because there, Ebert loved this. He thought it was great. I I don't know I don't know what he saw. Um, <laughs> there, there's the, all these random scenes like you learn a lot about insurance because and this is a real thing and it's an, it's a character touch because the because char- baseball players, even into the early 70s made so little money that they actually had outside jobs. It's true. I know. So Michael Moriarty's character sells insurance on the side, I think, or am I missing something? Did I miss that? That's a joke.
0: <laughs> I don't know that. No, I just, the, you learn a lot about insurance in this movie.
1: You do. That line do. is
0: very funny. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> you uh,
1: do learn a lot about insurance for some reason, because he's an insurance salesman. Um, <laughs> I mean, all I, can is-
0: th- all I can think of is that I am Sam had come out yet. And maybe that's why. I mean, not that he's, you know, has Down syndrome or anything like that, but it definitely is. You know, I mean, it's Rain Man level of. it's that oh kind God. of yeah. over the top acting. I mean, again, and I don't.
1: You'd be he. They would be accused of of really going all in on autism. If if that was if this movie was made today, they'd be like, why are you per- portraying an autistic baseball player this way? <laughs> Like that's the level of what they're going for, for how you know the how the character is played. Not that autism people are stupid; they're not. I'm saying that this character, the right. way it's played, uh, is played on the scale in that way.
0: Right, and, and it's
1: really awful. It's so bad. And
0: well, then hmm. you throw in the fact that Brian's song came out two years before this,
1: <laughs> which is an infinitely better version of the same idea. Yes,
0: yeah, it, it, that's a true story. On top of it. I don't know if this is it. I'm assuming it's not.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't think so.
0: Which then does baffle me why Ebert would like it. I mean, it's not like it's the only movie that's ever been made like this. And then we just, you know, we've gotten to grow up with all these other movies that exist that are better, but also have not aged well.
1: (laughs) I try and, and like there's this card game in the movie that takes up like 25 minutes of screen time where it's just baseball players like pranking fans into giving them money, I guess is the thing. There's no, it's a card game with no rules and we make up the rules as we go. And isn't this hilarious, all this business we're doing with cards and making up things. And aren't we hilarious? No, this is boring. Get to the fucking story, please.
0: Right. And then, like you said, with the coach, (laughs) the totally unnecessary <laughs> scenes of him trying to figure out what The, the heck, what take on the doing. first
1: half of the movie it's just that whole trying to come up with a bullshit story to keep Vincent Garginia from finding out what everybody's going to find out eventually anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it was more of just a throwaway movie that never needs to be talked about again. But if you want to hate it, let's go ahead. <laughs> again, I hate it. You picked a bad, it. a bad week to watch this one. <laughs>
1: I got my vaccine uh, second shot on Wednesday and uh, Thursday and Friday. I was uh, in very bad shape. Um, A lot of it was my own fault. I'm teaching myself how to cook and I live alone. And so the only food that I have in the house is food that takes like effort to prepare. You have to read a recipe and do all the stuff that the preparation. Well, I couldn't stand up for more than a couple minutes at a time. So I'm not about to be able to make food <laughs> at one point for about three hours. Every muscle in my body wouldn't stop twitching. That was a three hours of my day one day. So the exhaustion on top of that. So I had no food in the house. So I was starving on top of being, uh, on top of being delirious. And <laughs> so that made, that made, that made it infinitely worse. So, when I tell you that I was down for, I was and it was going through hell. I don't want everybody to think that. Well, I'm not getting vaccinated if that's what I got to go through. That's not everybody's experience. It was my experience, and also compounded by my mistakes. Thankfully, I had people who brought me food and eventually. But <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I,
1: I, I also I've, couldn't keep anything down other than you know Coca-Cola. So,
0: and if and not if you don't want, I can cut this if you want. But you were trying to cut coca-cola going into that so yeah <laughs> you throw the withdrawals in there with it i'm assuming that might have helped uh with some, I, I remember
1: know. that my, like when i was a little kid i i got when i would get very ill you know in the stomach my my grandmother would give me coke and i'm like well I, I can't get anything else to go down uh i'll just i gotta get i'll try coke i just gotta get coke i gotta get i gotta get calories in me somehow you know just get something and so that's i drank t- a 12 pack of coke And it was the only thing that felt good for two days.
0: Yeah, you need to get the endorphins going or whatever the whatever it is that you're uh, I I, when I had the vaccine, I did not have any a little bit of pain, but I was fine. So like, go get your vaccine. We want to get back to normal want to go to theaters. Uh, Don't hug me. You'll never know what I'll do.
1: Uh, (laughs) 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 Right for the ass. He just goes right for the ass
0: male or female doesn't matter
1: <laughs> right for the ass I want to do it the Pacino way <laughs> uh that's <laughs> the De Niro movie uh
0: at least I have built an excuse if I do it uh I'm so sorry <laughs> I thought I'm just so used to hugging my wife uh, <laughs> not gonna do that anybody don't she's got a
1: great ass <laughs> <laughs> That was a that was that direct was Pacino quote, heat. not me saying that your wife yes. has a great ass.
0: Either way, it works. I don't
1: <laughs> <know>.
0: <laughs> Steven Seagal, out for justice.
1: Oh, yeah, Seagal. Um, this is, you know, it's a Seagal movie. I'd rather watch Hollow Point. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, it's no Hollow Point.
1: <laughs> it's no Hollow Point. I don't remember the story of this one.
0: I don't remember any other than like Under Siege. That seems to be like the only Seagal movie that kind of stands out above the other ones, maybe above it's the weird. law. I,
1: my my memory of Seagal, and this could be just because I was too too young to know about you know theatrical releases at the time. But I thought he was a direct-to-video guy until uh, Under Siege. And then Under Siege was like a big theatrical hit.
0: Right. Uh, but it seems like he was direct a video. We're
1: out. also in the Midwest, so who knows? Maybe they just right. didn't put Seagull in theaters in the Midwest. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I only—I mean, I know the covers of all of these because they'd pop up every year. Yeah, uh, but it was—it
1: was—it was, a, it was, it was an entirely a like a blockbuster discovery to me because there was no—you know—I didn't—I didn't notice Out for Justice at the movie theater when I was going to see you know Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> which I did see in the theaters.
0: I thought that was straight to video myself. <laughs> Uh Yeah, I mean, I knew, I guess by the time I was old enough to see like above the law, I was probably in Showtime or HBO or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but under siege is the only one I really uh, kind of, the only cigar that stands above the other ones, as far as I can remember.
1: Like, I mean, could, I, I mean, I challenge anybody to tell me right now without looking, without looking, What's the difference between Above the Law and Out for Justice? What's the name of his character in each of those movies? I bet you can't. Nobody can do it. He couldn't do it. The director of the movie couldn't do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're not sequels. (laughs) (laughs) They might as well be. The titles are close enough, and he looks the same as he does. I mean, he's Chuck Norris. He's Van Damme. He's the worst version of the two of them. Not quite... Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Dudikoff or whatever but right there.
1: It you know it, it it works until he opens his mouth and then it goes away. It's like it's like a great mystery as long as he's not talking. That you could look into you could look at that big chin and those eyes and then you know the buffness like you could see early on he's not buff anymore. <laughs> he stopped being buff real quick in his career. Um <laughs> you could just sense he's got a presence, no undoubted presence. Uh, unquestionable presence. Then he opens his mouth and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ.
0: Right. And then time goes on. You hear stories about how big of a dick he is that.
1: <laughs> it, uh, definitely makes it harder to enjoy. Yeah.
0: Not that, that it was easy to enjoy to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Notice he didn't pop up in the expendable movies.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, in a bigger group of assholes you've never met in your life. And they still said, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pretty much. <laughs> All right. The Object of Beauty, John Malkovich.
1: I totally forgot about this one. Kay. I didn't know. It was, I thought there was only one movie.
0: <laughs> <by anyone this laughs> Looks like Siskel Niebuhr liked it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. I mean, I like Malkovich. I like Andy McDowell.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's a movie called Impromptu that came out. Never even heard of this one, but yeah.
1: I missed a lot this week. And then, there was no I I tell you though, one of the things that happened to me was I couldn't like I thought, okay, I'm sick. I'm gonna be down for two days probably. I'm getting the worst of what everybody else has, has gone through on uh, after vaccine number two. And I thought, okay, at least, at the very least, I'm laid up. At least I can watch movies. And my then my eyes started to hurt. My eyes started to hurt. I couldn't have even have the TV on because my eyes hurt too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, and if you had a headache at all, which I'm assuming yeah. that was part of it, that makes it yeah. hard too. No, I, I understand. I've a handful of people I know have had, you know, I mean, it's normal vaccine stuff. Uh, it hits yeah, everybody no, definitely. I'm not
1: trying to scare anybody. And like I said, I, I, I compounded the misery of mine. With other aspects.
0: Uh, and then Daddy Nostalgie. I don't know what the fuck that is, but. Uh,
1: Taronier's a good director. French.
0: But it's, it, like you said, French, so. <laughs> uh, let's see here. That is our show. Next week, I don't have much to go off of right now. Uh, we got Ride or Die on Netflix. I don't know what that is. Uh, if we're or even if I we'll watched it but uh, other than that all i have is vanquished uh and our classics going to be itchy the killer or itchy the killer yeah uh no, there's
1: a uh, there's a documentary on craft beer if you're interested called Brewmance, which is a pretty good documentary i' have um, i've interviewed the director and he's a really good guy and uh, i do recommend it we could talk let's about that it. let's do it Brewmance is what it's called
0: is it available to rent or netflix or amazon it is
1: available to rent starting tomorrow
0: cool on uh, 91 drop dead fred mortal thoughts and one man's war came out uh so it is gonna be a week uh not week a short week uh, i am interested in this is our first time bringing Takashi kashi to the podcast so uh we'll bit see bit of a if,
1: blind spot for me if i'm if i'm being honest uh, yeah
0: if you hate it, we should still at some point try to bring Audition in. Just cause that's <laughs> the one that everybody talks about. Uh, but I mean, if nothing else, it's fucked up, so we can enjoy the fuck.
1: Let's up do both then. It. They'll both be a classic. Really, really throw me in.
0: <laughs> You'll have to let me know what kind of mood you're in this week. <laughs> All right. Let's find Flickshart real quick before we go home is my facebook page everybody on youtube and <laughs> home alone or the wolfman 2010 home alone agreed look who's talking to the omen the omen agreed heat bruce almighty <laughs> i heard you quote in Al pacino <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, Bruce Almighty for me. Oh, I'd rather watch that. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I, d- I don't like heat. I, don't. I, inter-
0: I understand it's not a great movie, but it's fun.
1: It's oh, a, thank you, it's George. Long.
0: George agrees with me, but it's like fun long. Well, speaking of fun long, The <laughs> Curious Case of Benjamin Button or The Hangover?
1: Uh, the Hangover.
0: I agree. Inside Out, uh, Ice Age 2, The Meltdown.
1: Inside Out. Correct.
0: (laughs) The Royal Tenenbaums Role Models.
1: I want to preface this by saying I love Role Models. Role Models is hilarious. It's got a lot of great stuff. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums is the choice.
0: Couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm both movies. I love Royal Tenenbaums and I love Role Models. Uh, But one's a work of art. One's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome Jaws.
1: Jaws. Very easy. Very easy
0: pick. Incredibles 2, Wedding Crashers.
1: Wedding Crashers.
0: Yeah, although I'm glad we're not revisiting too many of those movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Old school was,
0: not that it was bad watching old school, it was just kind of like.
1: It was a little sad. It was yeah. a little sad. There's actually there's, there's like a great video meme going around of that of that very experience, which is very funny. Uh, I'll share it on the uh, on uh, on the Facebook page and and Twitter, and uh, you'll see. It's it's basically just that idea of guy like really excited to show people a movie that he loved in 2004, and then continuously apologizing for it throughout.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: really good stuff
0: about Schmidt Rainman.
1: About Schmidt by a lot.
0: Yet a few years ago, I'd have said Rain Man <laughs> until it turned
1: thirty. So <laughs> this show ruined it.
0: <laughs> and I mean, it hasn't ruined it as much as you want it to ruin it. But, <laughs> but it definitely—I mean, Dustin Hoffman really has done a lot to ruin it, and not even the bad yeah. stuff on the side. It's just—it's
1: you know, just you just see how shitty he. Is. The older you get, to see how you see how shitty he is as an actor.
0: <laughs> right, and it's like we made the joke about... I won't, we didn't make the joke, but when I brought right. with the Woody Allen thing, when we said all oh, his characters are kind of like what he's being accused of, and then we talk about Marilyn Manson, and you kind of see it in Dustin Hoffman, the way he talks to people in his movies. It seems like what he's being accused of was very similar to that kind of behavior, and it just the behavior... I, I don't know. I just don't like the way he presents himself. It's kind of annoying. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's a, also kind of a a volume actor more acting as opposed to actual acting
0: <laughs> just what Nicholson did <laughs> and about Schmidt uh, the greatest showman I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry
1: uh, I, I, they're both garbage uh, greatest showman
0: I'm gonna flip it I don't like I pronounce Feels you free. Chuck and Larry but I hate greatest showman
1: I hate greatest showman too but I mean I hate them both so
0: the greatest showman one uh, hangover part two 101 Dalmatians
1: hangover part two That's
0: fine Ace Ventura pet detective the scorpion king
1: Ace Ventura
0: okay <laughs> uh, splash if I were king
1: I've not seen if I were king Neither
0: have I splash or short circuit
1: not to get off on too much of a tangent, but have you, you probably haven't. Uh, the the uh, Disney edit of Splash to cover up uh, Daryl Hannah's nudity. Uh, They've we, like CGI'd her hair to her butt.
0: You told me about <laughs> that and Al Pacino would not be happy with that.
1: <laughs> Why? Because she's got a great ass. <sighs> <laughs>
0: or a bare ass, uh, either way.
1: <laughs> uh, short circuit for me.
0: The I love edit- Splash. Splash, Splash. Edited or unedited version of Splash.
1: Wait, not Short Circuit. What am I thinking? I hate Short Circuit. What am I I was going to say, I don't like Short Circuit. So I, I, don't I remember liking it. Short Circuit.
0: <laughs> so, so we're going with Splash? Yeah, yeah. All right. I was about to flip. Chicken Little or Kevin Fever?
1: Chicken Little. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Kevin Fever. Fuck Kevin Fever.
0: Kevin Fever is fine. It's an, Kevin Fever is trash. Indie movie that. What is that? A heads or a tail? I can't fucking tell. It's a goose. Must be a tail. <laughs> uh, Cabin Fever wins the coin flip. Uh, get Shorty or Wild Hogs?
1: Good John Travolta versus Awful John Travolta. Get Shorty.
0: <laughs> it's All-Star Cast versus All-Star Cast.
1: <laughs> uh, Hitch
0: or March of the Penguins?
1: March of the Penguins is great. I'm never going to see it again. I might stop on TBS and watch five or ten minutes of Hitch. I agree. And they play it like ten times a day, or they did for a while.
0: Wild Things or Rambo: First Blood Part Two.
1: <sighs> wild Things or Kevin Bacon's Dick.
0: <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's that's definitely a plus on the Wild Things side. <laughs> But uh, revisiting Part First Blood Part 2 was so much fun and I know you missed out on that. Uh, yeah. That was I, I I that's one of my favorite action movies of all time now because of how much fun and goofy that was. But wow. you but Kevin's bacon dick wins. <laughs> Sorry. He just took a drink that wasn't meant to. <laughs> uh Vanilla Sky or Frenzy?
1: Um I'm not sure I've seen Frenzy. I love, I'm on the list of you know to see but
0: i feel like because hitchcock i feel like all the hitchcock movies not on the list or not on the, li- or that are on the yeah. list that haven't or list you have seen the list that you haven't seen for a reason midnight in paris vanilla sky
1: love both of these movies love them both but uh midnight in paris was my number one movie of 2011 and i'm sticking sticking with it even despite woody
0: I hate Vanilla Sky, so I'll just go with you. (laughs) Uh, It's not a movie. Uh, Alien versus Predator. I know what you did last summer.
1: I know what you did last summer. I'd rather suffer that than Alien be Predator.
0: Yeah, Scream Light. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Herbie, fully loaded.
1: I'm voting for (laughs) Dockin'. I'll
0: go with you then. Uh, is it sad though that i mean that's literally the only thing i could get out of like thunder force is the fact that hey there's bands i like in this (laughs) (laughs) not that you like doc and i'm not trying to accuse you of that that, but
1: i i love dream warriors i love dream warriors (laughs) the song george lynch is a fucking god he is truly
0: uh fright night 1985 or three men and a baby
1: uh i don't care fright night whatever I don't
0: care either. I probably would have gone three minutes a baby, but I don't feel like <laughs> Vice or Rocky Four.
1: Rocky Four, Vice was a big disappointment. Yeah,
0: First Blood or The Sting.
1: <laughs> Fuck you! God damn it! Fucking First Blood. You didn't hate First
0: Blood as much as you thought you did. Uh, first Blood. I know it's an overrated movie. It wants to everything.
1: Be. Every Rambo movie has brought that original one down exponentially
0: it is sad how bad the newest one is
1: like so bad
0: like it makes bang the drum slowly look like an Oscar Uh, winner man I mean literally every movie we've talked about today is better than the new Rambo (laughs) tell me you would not watch Thunder Force five times I would
1: would watch Thunder Force before I watched the new Rambo
0: like you'd watch it five times back to back before you'd watch the new
1: Rambo (laughs) true even the first half
0: hour of rambo
1: i'll i'll watch bang the drum slowly before i ever watch the new rambo again
0: i'll do this week all over again <laughs> <laughs> even even if you throw out giants being slowly or slowly being lonely, lonely. slowly what the fuck? <laughs> uh that was so bad uh eight millimeter serenity
1: serenity great
0: movie oh uh, fine uh princess diaries freaky friday 2003 princess diaries <laughs> I don't know either one really uh, Imitation Game Tremors
1: um, uh, Mediocre Versus equally mediocre I don't know I get to see Keira Knightley in Imitation Game so <laughs> Kevin Bacon <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't show his dick